Thanks for listening to this DigitalGov podcast. These podcasts focus on helping agencies build a 21st century digital government. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DigitalGov podcast. I'm Justin Herman, and I'll be your host today. We're coming to you live from GSA's Office of Citizen Services and Innovative Technologies, a program that works with agencies across government to help improve citizen services and reduce costs. But today, here in the studio, we have Carolyn Reams, Social Media Manager for the Central Intelligence Agency, which unless you've been living underneath a rock somewhere, you'll know has been one of the highest profile, most literally overnight successes in social media, not just for public services, but for any organization on social media. They kind of know her around the CIA as the social Khaleesi, uh, which we can get into a little bit later. But that being said, I'd like to introduce you now to Carolyn Reams, and I want to find out, Carolyn. So just let's start off. So how did you get into social media, and how, you know, how did that waylay into the CIA getting into social media? Um, so probably like many people out there, I did not actually um, major in social media, strangely enough. Um, actually majored in uh, psychology, but... During summers in college, I was able to come on board with the CIA and work there. In a couple of years, I did. Um, I worked with the museum, and so when I came on board officially with the agency, I was deputy director at the museum for 12 years. As one of my duties as the deputy director of the museum, I was in charge of our presence on CIA.gov, so I got to know the web team that way. Um, when this position came open in our Office of Public Affairs and they wanted to push social media through um, the security gauntlet and get us on there, um, they found somebody who was quite stubborn and likes a good challenge, and they asked me to come over and um, head that project up. Excellent. There's somebody else in the studio today I'd also like to introduce, Mr. Scott Horvath from U.S. Geological Survey. Now, Scott has been doing social media and public services since 2007, which kind of underscores that uh, new media is a bit of a misnomer yeah. in the term. Uh, but so what we're going to do is we're going to have a very conversational format today where I'm going to ask questions. We're going to bounce off of each other. This time I'm going to try not to get too excited and laugh too much, <laughs> but I promise you it's only because the information that Carolyn's going to share is just that exciting and that interesting. It's, it's hard really not to get excited over it. And if I do, though, Scott Horvath will be here to chime in with questions that kind of dig back into the wealth of his knowledge, uh, just like so many different agencies that have gained their own experiences through this. Now, Carolyn, so yes. let's get into the meat of it right off here. So when we talk about what the purpose is, people want to know um, when the CIA decided to get onto social media, what were those desired outcomes? Like, what was the business case for it? Um, so for us, we had this wonderful website out there that nobody was visiting. Um, like many of you probably, our numbers were dwindling. People were come, weren't coming. They don't surf the web like they used to. They expect information to come to them where they're looking for it. So we needed to be out there where they were looking for it. There were actually a ton of fake accounts out there impersonating us as well. So we wanted to be the actual voice of the CIA. Excellent. Um, so what kind of, when, when you were looking at it, so when you say you wanted to be the voice of CIA, what voice were you using there? Like, because if anybody who's checked out the CIA accounts have seen and, and loved, because we can r run down the laundry list of, of creative, exciting, interesting, um, all these things that people don't expect from government agencies, 
forget about the CIA. So how did you develop that voice, and how did you want to use that voice? Um, I think we're very lucky because we have these amazing stories and this amazing history, um, and there's a mystique to it. I'm not going to lie. You know, people aren't coming to listen to me tweet. They're coming because it's the CIA, um, and so we want to put that interesting history and knowledge out there. And when we can do it in a creative way, um, it just makes it that much better. Excellent. So can you talk about... I mean, so um, a lot of people, they try to visualize, and a lot of questions that we get is, what does it even look like? Like, what is it, what is a day in the life of CIA social media look like? So rather than ask you what a bad day looks like, which we might in a little bit, we'll see how it goes, but what's a, what, can you talk about the successes? Like, when you go in and you, you have yourself a great day, what does that look like? Um... It usually starts out with us sitting around brainstorming ideas and thinking, oh, this might be fun to do. Um, so we've got one of those coming up next week. Um, we're going to do the, so next week on the 26th of August is going to be the uh, International Log Day. So last week we went out and visited our canine unit and how they train. So we're going to put out our top 10 dog training training tips from the CIA. So we want to be current, we want to be relevant, we want to put something out there, but it's also legitimate information from CIA. Um, a quick qu inter yeah. interjection, because you've, you've taken me on a tour of the CIA Museum, which if any of the listeners are out there ever have the opportunity, the CIA has a, has a legendary museum. It's the best museum you'll never see. It's the best, best museum you'll never see. Um, it, but you used to actually be the, the person for yes. that. You used to be the curator for that. Deputy that was, director, yep. You were the deputy director. Um, which is interesting for folks because, once again, it, it kind of feeds into what you're sharing on social media because yes. you came from the museum curator background. But when you talk about International Dog Day, I remember one of the exhibits, there was the black, like, redacted lines over the face <laughs> of even the dogs yes. in the CIA museum. So are you going to have to hide the identity? And I'm, I'm, I'm not joking right no, now. No. Did, you, did you have to blur out the faces of the dogs? We're going through the review process now. The story's been approved. We've got a lot of great photos. I got some videos. Um, so we'll go through the review process and see what they say. Hopefully we don't have to because they're awfully cute little faces. Um, but also it is, would be funny if all the faces were blurred out. So either way, I think it's a win, right? Yeah, exactly. So when we talk about, okay, so we've got International Dog Day coming up. I've seen CIA cat uh, <laughs> uh, pop up some places. Uh, Insta poppy cat. Insta poppy uh, no. cat, so you have CIA cat. Um, now people think, because people are sitting in their organizations, whether it's in government, whether it's in a company, and think, how the hell can they pull this off? Because the breadth of creativity, and, and I mean, it's, it's effective, which, which makes it nice. Um, but can you kind of walk through, like, what, well, as much as you can, like, what's the approval process? Or how did you win senior support? Because, um, like, obviously there has to be great buy-in and great trust in what you're doing. Well-placed trust, but that being said. Well, and, and it depends on what we're doing. Um, be, for International Dog Day, for example, we went out, we, we watched the trainers, we wrote up the story. I've got a great writer on staff. Um, she wrote up this fantastic story, and it has to go through those equity holders to make sure they're okay with it. Um, if we're writing history and stuff like that, we've got a great history staff. We'll usually run it by them. There is an internal review office as well. They have to check everything off. Um, but if we're just doing sort of everyday tweets and history stories and things like that, um, we can usually contain it to Office of Public Affairs approval. Okay. Um, something 
like CIA Cat and our first anniversary on Twitter, that's where CIA Cat came in, um, there were there were many other people who were interested in that and what we were going to do, so that actually went right to the top. Um, we had to get um, director's approval for that. So this even sometimes content goes to the office of the director of the Central Just, Intelligence Agency. Yeah. I mean, we've got a very large audience, and um, if we don't do it well and we don't do it right, there could be some big uh, uh, kerfuff, kerfuffle. Um, so... You know, if we're going to do something big, something innovative, something a little bit different, we do need to let that head office know. See, and that's it. So everybody listening at home, every if like you could be like, well, you know, the CIA cares about this. CIA director cares. Why not you? It's a great example of the fact that that it's responsible for senior leaders to have that level Absolutely. of support and have that level because ultimately this is something that doesn't just tell the story of public services. It can be the conduit of public services themselves. Right. Scott, you were going to try Yeah, I was going to say, kind of go back to when you first started with uh, CIA and tweeting for CIA. You had, obviously, you've got, a, like, like Justin said, you have a mixture of uh, informational content and creative content and playful content. And so... Was there any well, – you, you probably went into this, I'm assuming, with you wanted to be creative with everything that you did, but was there a, any sort of pushback initially by being creative, being playful, doing like a CIA cat down the line, like even having these sort of ideas? And how did that come across? I mean, what we, was your – We did have to prove ourselves, and we're right. still proving ourselves. Um, so you start off slow. You get a couple of good wins. Um, but I think when you can get the message across that, when you are creative and when you can – play with the medium like Twitter um, in the appropriate way, and you can use humor in the appropriate way, you get that much more visibility, and that many more people are going to pay attention to what you have to say. And yes, we use humor, and yes, we use creativity, but there's a serious message behind it. And while, you know, I got 15,000 new followers from CIA Cat, 15 stuck around, and now they're getting the serious content too. You have to balance the serious with the humorous. So speaking of, and I, I alluded to this is actually our second time recording this, because we're about to get into the serious versus the humor, um, where I, I lost it last time. <laughs> Uh, so that being said, Scott, Scott, Much keep me in check on this. So, and I have to bring this up because it's it's forever known as the Doctor Shivago incident. Uh, <laughs> so, all right, hold it together, Justin. Where. So there was a day, of course, when back in the day, there was you'd see it often in, in the press how uh, social media accounts would, could be compromised um, through cyber vandalism, and so what happens is we'd lose control certain people they would lose maybe control of their accounts then organizations would go in and graffiti it and put out misinformation and it's i mean of course it's something that we take with dire seriousness because when we open up channels of digital engagement it's our responsibility to ensure um, the security and trust of those channels so what we did was we put together a working group um, and within five days had we oh well, we had a training I think the next day um, five days later we had a new interagency resource so if you've checked it out on digitalgov.gov it's the cyber vandalism um, re toolkit um, so check that out if you haven't. But so we were doing a webinar on it, uh, on how to protect yourself against cyber vandalism. And, and I remember we were in the course of doing the webinar, and all of a sudden I get an email glowing and gushing from the CIA, from Carolyn, uh, saying, so we're about to start tweeting in Russian. 
And so, but there was a purpose behind this. Yes. Um, can you can you walk me through this? Because in a way, I, we were it, it was ti- it was impeccable timing. It was it was quite bold and and incredible. Could could you walk us through that incident uh, from your yes. perspective? So. Historically speaking, the agency has done this book program where if there are books banned in certain countries, um, like Dr. Zhivago, um, they refused to print it in the native Russian. So we took the book, got a copy of it, translated it, and then made small copies and got it back into the country. So sort of an influence campaign, if you will. Um, they were doing a big to-do down at the Wilson Center that particular day, uh, touting this program. So we wanted to, um, it's one of my favorite stories. I love it. So I really wanted to hit it hard on social media. So the week before, I was putting all my tweets together, and I'm just thinking to myself, there's got to be some other way to get this message out further. You have to draw some attention to it, right, using that humor, using some sort of creativity again to um, draw more people's attention. So I was brainstorming on the way home one night, and I thought, ah, we'll do it all in Russian. I'm going to do every tweet in Russian. It's going to be amazing. (laughs) And um, thank goodness I got talked back down from that. So I brought in the idea. Wait, but that is kind of what you did. Well, I did one. We, t- we, t- we talked it from every single, you know, a dozen tweets in Russian to, to let's, let's start off with one. So the idea was to put something out early in the morning. Hey, the book program at Wilson Center is going to be this afternoon. We're going to be doing tweets later on it. A couple hours later, we put out the tweet in Russian. Um, and it was a very specific tweet. Um, we didn't want to start any revolutions. So we had to find just the right uh, right quote from Pasternak, which which we surprisingly have a Pasternak and Russian expert in the building, and uh, she was fantastic and helped us find just the right quote. Um, and the idea was to put it out there, and because of the hacking, and actually, to be honest, I was discussing it with the with the director, and he's like, "No, really, what are you going to do next week?" And I said, "Well, we'd really like to tweet out this quote in Russian." He's like, "Oh, that's interesting. Wait, people are going to think we're hacked." It's like, "Yeah, that's the idea." Um, so I did. I sent notes That's out. Exactly. Yeah. So when I got this email, somebody else responds on the inside. And by the way, this is while like a large 300-person government training yeah. program is going on in cyber hacking. And all of a sudden it says CIA troll level, perfect 10 or something <laughs> like that. And I was just – I leaned back in my chair and I was just like, you magnificent sons of guns. This is just – you can't help but, you know – silently salute or something. It was oh, and we wanted to put it out there, and we did. And then we didn't put anything out for about a half hour. Um, be- <laughs> While the pot stirred. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, and, you know, had you looked, had you taken two seconds to Google Translate, it kind of would have been clear. But for those people, to include some in the press, who didn't take a really good close look at it, um, they thought, oh, my gosh, we're being hacked. So, you know, there's the attention. And then a half hour la- later, I lay out the tweets that now educate you on what we did in this great historical story. Um, so it, it worked out quite well, I would say. Um, timing was, was very lucky on that one. Um, but yeah, something creative that you just then hit them with a serious uh, message. I just think that's brilliant. It, it was just absolutely, and it just, it goes to show the level of both creativity and also trust that you have cultivated. So when you talk about, you know, when, when certain your post and when you're laying out these as you call them, well-timed strategies. Other might call oh. it the luck of the devil. Some of it's just <laughs> luck, I will say. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
Like I remember when you first launched your account, um, we had what we called internally the CIA bump that happened. Yes. Where not only because w was what records did you set with your because your first tweet was it is the or at least it was I think we still are the second highest uh, retweeted inaugural tweet. We're being beaten by a boy band. Yeah, what are you going to do? Beat them back. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> So, exactly. So, um, all right. You're supposed to be the one reining me in here, Scott. <laughs> you're not supposed to be the one singing boy band songs over here. So, it's on to me. So, the question is then, um, can you actually say out loud what the tweet was to remind people? Yes. <laughs> if I remember myself. Yes. It was, um, we can neither confirm nor deny that this is... See, it's, that's, that's... Yes. That uh, was a group project. We had, you know... I'd, it took us 11 months to get on social media, which I thought was pretty impressive given our constraints and security concerns. Um, so 11 months was, was feeling pretty good to me. Um, but because I had been so focused on getting through the security gauntlet, I really, you know, in the back of my mind, I thought, well, we've really got to have some sort of great first tweet. Um, but I really hadn't thought about too much about specifics and content up to that point. A um, couple weeks out, we're like, all right, we're really going to launch this. We've really got to start thinking about what that first tweet is going to be. We didn't want to go out there with, hey, CI is now on Twitter um, or something sort of. That like, would have been a nice first. Hey, hey we're, we're now here. on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> we wanted, you know, it's a, it's a cheeky medium. We wanted to be able to uh, be self-deprecating and sort of make fun of ourselves before anybody else did. Yeah. Um, we thought that would, would go better. Um, well, you're really setting the tone. For everything else you're doing yeah. with that at the same yeah. time too so yeah so those first tweets were kind of a group project we all sort of got together and brainstormed and we presented four or five of them um to mr brennan and he picked that one as his favorite so the cia director himself actually did the final selection of of that tweet yes there were probably and facebook posts by the way because wasn't that you also or i didn't do it on facebook what did you do on Facebook? That was actually um, D-Day. You said, hey, CIA is on <laughs> They were Facebook. here. Uh, no, it was actually D-Day, and we had a fantastic story of um, a female opera, uh, officer from OSS from World War II who was an amputee um, who supported D-Day and uh, was the only civilian woman during World War II to receive the Distinguished Service Medal. Yep. So that was a fantastic story, and I actually thought I'd do it on Twitter later in the day. So I went ahead and went out on Facebook with that and then did the tweet. Um, the tweet went a little bit bigger than, than maybe even we had thought. So we kind of pulled back on the rest of the stuff we had planned. Yeah, for people the day. usually don't start by dropping a mic, uh, <laughs> which is essentially <laughs> what you did. But it also, it's nice to hear that. So even from the beginning, you knew that different tools have a different voice and even a different strategic opportunity yes. where you're going more long form education on fa on Facebook yeah. versus just short yeah. you know yeah they're different drop. mediums and you've got to you've got to be aware of, of how they play differently excellent now now bringing it back for a second cuz when we talk about okay so you tweeted that out things haven't been the same since <laughs> not 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 for any of us no. uh, i remember that that first day because i woke up the next day and all these celebrities, and I had all these <laughs> alerts on my phone of why they're that they're now following our 
digital gov account on Twitter. As they should have in the first place. As they should have in the first place. Uh, but because it's always inter- and it's always the intrinsic fear of a social media manager and public service that you like sleep tweet something from an yes. official account and all of a sudden you're going to be the one in the the article on how you know there you, we've seen it before. those articles <laughs> so i woke up and i'm like my goodness what did i do in my sleep um you know i've, I've done it um and then i see because also i got messages from other agencies that go no 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 the, the cia followed you on twitter they're fo- and we started getting hundreds thousands um th- you know thousands of new followers um in the course of a day or so just because you followed us and because of the profile it was like you know television celebrities and things like that that I'm pretty sure as much as I'd like to think love the modernization of public services with technology and customer service maybe that's not what they're thinking on a Saturday morning Um, but it was very interesting so when you just saw the numbers blowing up like that and then people started seeing the numbers blowing up just for the association with you which is now referred to as the CIA bump I kind of do you feel like like Spider-Man with great power comes great responsibility? <laughs> does it play into your strategies or, or how do you do it? Does it make things easier or does it make things harder? It makes things more terrifying to have that many followers and to know that it can then affect other people as well. And that's something we really, I'll be very honest, didn't think through very much um, who to follow. It was the day before. I was like, oh, i got to follow some people. Let's see. So I followed a bunch of the IC people and, of course, Digital Gov and stuff. As um, is proper. Uh, uh, yes, as one does. Um, so not realizing that, well, yeah, maybe you guys get a bump out of it. Um, so I think that was a combination of, well, who is CI really following? There's the joke, right? So everybody wanted to see who CI was following, and then you see everybody, and, well, that looks interesting, that looks interesting. But also, I think once you start following one government account, those suggested accounts come up too. So we might have been hitting people who actually weren't following any government accounts. So then you hit that one, and a bunch of other come up um, as well. Um, But, no, we're very cognizant um, of what we tweet and who we participate within tweeting yeah. as well because we don't want to inundate our audience and our audience sort of expects a certain feel or tone or Have message. Have you in the past, like when we said, because we've, we've stuck to the successes and stuff like that. Has there mm-hmm. been any, you, you had to have a lesson to learn oh, along the way. Yeah. Um, um, so the, when the anniversary of uh, North Korea um, invading South Korea, we, we did some tweets on that. And it was a very busy day, and, and I just really hadn't focused, quite frankly, that much on it, which, again, a huge lesson learned. Please do focus before you send things out uh, to 850,000 people. Um, I wasn't thinking, and I forgot to hashtag everything. And I had, it wasn't one of those days where I could link them all and do it live. I had to schedule them, and I had forgotten to hashtag everything. So I think I was at the dentist office, and I'm sitting there in the chair, and my phone is blowing up. So I finally pick it up. And it's my coworker saying, oh, my God, people think that North Korea has invaded South Korea because that's what the tweet said. North Korean forces have amassed on the South Korean border. Um, if you read it in context, it all made perfect sense. But because I hadn't put it in context, and if you're just logging onto Twitter and that's the first thing you see, that's a little terrifying. See, for those of you back home listening who wonder what the difference sometimes between public service social media and corporate social media is when we have a bad day and go to the dentist, 
yeah. countries could have invaded other countries, <laughs> uh, which, you know... Uh, it could yeah. happen, but it wasn't true in this case. It was historical. Um, and luckily for us, people were, were writing back on their own to those people who were freaked out. No, it's part of a tweet story. Look at all the other right. ones. So thank goodness the public sort of hashed itself out. And how did you save it together. from CIA um, itself? Uh, we let it go. We kept a really close eye on it to see if it would get any bigger. It did not. Thanks. It sounds Thank like this one is. You get the furry gismo, yeah. and it's like, oh, oh crap! Somebody spilled water on gizmo, <laughs> and let's see. Okay, how water. many of these little monsters yes. come out of it? Yeah, it, it, it turned out okay, but it taught me a big lesson. Just because you're having a really busy day, you've still got to really focus, and you've got to make sure things are in context. And and if you're going to hashtag uh, today, we're going to talk about Corona. Um, so you know everything's got a hashtag Corona. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was that just was for scary. the people back home. My Corona. Do you mean not the beer? No. Not the beer. <laughs> but if they want to participate in the tweets later today, you know. <laughs> so Cross all right. So we've heard it. So what would you say then? Um, biggest lesson learned that you could share with people because, like I said, you're you're not just Sounds like you're, you're not just doing this at a level. Yeah, use hashtags. Um, but like, what's that big thing? Because you're you're doing this at a level that most companies will never see, but most agencies will never see. Um, um, I would say to be creative, but be creative in a way that makes sense for you and your agency or brand. Um, you know, we don't just go out and find what's the biggest, latest trend. I need to make sure it's going to come back and it's got some sort of historical slant to it or, or intelligence slant to it. Um, you know, the World Series, I can make that. I can spin just about anything. And we've got Mo Berg, um, who was a baseball player, great World War II um, OSS spy. So for the World Series, I could, make, I could turn that into a story. Um, kind of like you did with Julia Child. Well... Shark Week. Shark Week. Yes. Shark Week. Okay, just yeah. quickly, not too long on this, but it's it's just hard not <laughs> I to, waited we a year share to share the back because when people see the outcomes, they see these brilliant campaigns and stuff that come out. But just, so you got to give people a taste of the behind the scenes. So how did Julia? Because I remember you messaged and like coming your way soon, yes. Julia Child. Sharks and more, or something like yes. that. I'm like, I never know what you're up to. I just know it's going to be fantastic. Um, so that being said, could you just very briefly yes. share with people the behinds on that? So last uh, year we had Shark Week, and I may I forget what it was. It was I think we did Charlie our robotic fish. So I threw that out there. Um, you got robotic fish laying around? Doesn't everybody? I got I got two. Please. Um, so we put Charlie out there. Um, and then, like, a week later, I was like, oh, darn it, I could have done Julia Childs, who in uh, World War II, she was with the OSS. That's actually how she met her uh, husband, Paul, and then they later uh, went to France together. Um, but she worked on a program where she helped invent shark repellent. It's like, well, that's, that's a great story. I love that story. I should have used that for Shark Week. So I've been sitting on this story for a year. Um, so, yeah, we put it out there. And we did it during one of the evenings, so we thought, you know, that's probably when the hashtag will be trending, so we want to make sure we get it out there when people are paying attention. Um, and it did really, really well. Uh, made some papers. Um, and then um, also something we do is an in case you missed it. 
So I can usually boost my numbers another thousand or so over the weekend. Yeah. So we do Shark Week during Shark Week, and then in case you missed it and there's a follow-up, right. and maybe somebody who's missed it, like another paper or something, will pick it up as well. So that's pretty um, important to do it, too, I think. So you sat on, on Julia Child because you got distracted by robotic fish for a year. Yeah. So the question is, is there must be all sorts of things that are just bubbling up all the time. Can you tell us a, a little bit of, so what's next? Now that you kind of conquered Twitter, sharing some great stuff on Facebook, um, you were already on, what is it, YouTube? We're already what? on YouTube and uh, Flickr. Flickr as well. Flickr. Yeah. So can you give us a little sneak peek on some teasers or what might be coming up next? Yes. Or now that you've had these great experiences and you've probably built up some Skrilla, some social capital here. <laughs> so how are you going to spend that in 2016? Google Plus. <laughs> My space. <Nope. laughs> uh, no, actually, we, we, we do have permission to do Google Plus. Um, you know, maybe it'll help with the search engines. We might do that. Because um, they just recently decoupled. Yeah. Um, the decoupling everything. Well, that's, that's yeah. the challenge, though, of even making year-long plans. Because right. as much as our mission never stops, but the apps themselves they come, they go, constantly. they change. Mm -hmm. I mean, I so put a lot of time cultivating my Foursquare community. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but that being said, so yeah. Like, so you're on Flickr, but what about... Maybe Instagram. What? Instagram, you say? Oh, what? Amazing. That's a great idea. Uh, we do have permission to do Instagram. Uh, what we lack right now is an extra 40 hours in my week. Um, because social media is free like so. puppies, you know? And, and that's what it comes down to is like all these great things to do, but it takes actual time. you got to take care of them. Yeah. And, and we have the added... Uh, challenge, and some people might uh, have that as well, especially out, uh, my IC counterparts have the same challenge, uh, we can't bring our phones in, we can't bring our mobile devices into work. Um, and Instagram is, of course, phone only. How about right. that? Yes. Uh, so it, it's requiring a little bit more work on our end. Um, I'll be the one sitting out in the parking lot, Instagramming. <laughs> um, so I think we have a way forward, it just literally at this point, it, it's up to time and, and being able to have time to do it. And there's a great future in it. I mean, the people love, like, Snapchat, for instance, which, you know, <laughs> we, we have terms for, for, for public service use, yes. but, I mean, the CIA invented disappearing. <laughs> we had the original Snapchat. The original Snapchat was the CIA. Water-soluble paper, yes. So, I mean, I think we, we've talked about that before, that that's the, the brave next step should be some tie-in CIA's disappearing ink with Snapchat. It goes away, and that would be clever as heck. Yeah. All right, well, so, Scott, do you have anything to, to chime in here? I, th I thank you very much for being a, a strong direction for this conversation. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, thank you so much, Carolyn, for joining My us. Uh, thank you, Scott. If So, at CIA on Twitter. This podcast has been brought to you by DigitalGov. For more information, please visit digitalgov.gov.